0: Good morning, everyone. A very special welcome to our City Builders Online service uh, this morning. Uh, This morning I'm preaching about a very exciting message. It's called God's Master Plan for the Transformation of Nations. So I just really love you wherever you are in your lounge rooms, in your kitchens, uh, in your homes, or even if you're in the park this morning watching onto this video. Uh, Just let's all just take a moment to bow our heads and pray. Father, we just thank you that you are the Lord of heaven and you are the Lord of the earth. And you, Lord Jesus, rule as Lord and King over the nations. And Father, you have a plan. And I pray this morning, Lord God, as we just begin to touch on your plans for the nation, that you would just give us understanding Father, I pray that you would open our minds to the possibilities. And Lord God, that we would be able to connect with what you want to do in this great south land of the Holy Spirit in the future. And not only in this nation, but God, you have a destiny for every nation. Lord God, our prayer is that that our nation would become truly a sheep nation and that this nation would have a heart to know you and to follow you. Father, I pray for everyone that is listening this morning, and I pray that you would bless them where they are in Jesus' name. Amen. So once again, a very big welcome. Um, I'm talking about God's master plan for the transformation of nations. God has a master plan uh, which includes the redemption and the the restoration and the progressive rebuilding of nations. God has an eternal purpose, and it is unveiled and expressed in every generation, including the one that we are living in right now. I wanted to start this morning by reading from Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves... And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in peace and cast away their cords from us. And he who sits in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress with them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king... Upon my holy hill of Zion, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. So, as I said, God has a master plan for the nations. And here it says, why do the nations rage? I think this is relative because right now this is what we are seeing. It seems to describe very accurately the times that we are living in and what we are seeing throughout the nations. And despite what we may be experiencing personally this morning or in our family, God's incredible plan for the nations is progressively being unfolded before our eyes. In times like this, we need eyes to see and we need ears to hear. It is really important to have a heart that understands and a spirit that discerns. The Bible talks about the gift of discernment. You know, I really believe that right now in 2020, one of the most important gifts that the church needs to be operating in is the gift of discernment. And the, and the gift of discernment is the Spirit of God working on the inside of me that is really checking things out. It, is, it, is, it has the ability to decide what is truth and what is not. You know one of the messages that we have spoken on this year is about the spirit of truth and Jesus promised that when he went that he would pray to the Father and he would send another helper and that would be the spirit of truth this is a most vital resource that we need in the church many are asking what on earth is going on I must admit that I've asked that Uh, Myself this year, and I doubt if there is a living soul on the planet that hasn't asked at some time, What on earth? They've either thought to themselves, but many, many, many people would have spoken to God in their prayerful way, in their own way, and said, What on earth is God God doing? Many will say at the end of it, What happened? And those are the ones that haven't had their eyes open. They haven't been listening with the heart. They haven't been able to pick up what is going on. The most valuable spiritual resource that we can have in the church right now is a hearing ear and a listening heart. This resource is given by God, and as we commit to developing a listening, attentive, and reflecting heart, something can begin to open up over our lives that begins to give us a completely different perspective. Whatever happens on the earth, whoever wins the election, you know, whatever happens, we must realize that according to the scripture, Even though things are going on and people are plotting vain things. You know, even in 220, we'd like to think that, you know, the world, the culture, the society is sophisticated and that people are honorable. But do you know what? The human condition is one of sin nature and it is to do not what is right to get what it wants. And this is what happens in our world. And and the scripture is saying, why do the nations rage? Because of this very fact. And it also says that even though these things are happening, that God sits in the heavens and laughs. This morning, God is in the heavens. He is not anxious or concerned, but his support is available to the church and his power is available to the church. And if we will connect our hearts with him, God will really come to us and be with us this morning, wherever we are. Whether we're here in Sale, whether we're in Gippsland, whether in the capital cities or in the nations of the earth, when we turn our heart to God, God will do something. This morning, God sits in the heaven and He laughs. It does not matter what is happening. God is still God. God is not against anyone and neither are we and we need to always but we always need to make sure that we are on his side amen now I want to read to you from uh, Hebrews chapter 1 this morning and it says God at various time and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets And he has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, Having become so much better than the angels, and he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That is Hebrews chapter one, verse one to four. So this morning we are talking about God's master plan for the transformation of nations, and I really believe there's a couple of there's there's four parts to my message, and I just or or four um, uh, points thoughts this morning and I want to bring these. And these are vital keys that you must know because God is into restoration, He is into transformation, and He is into rebuilding. And whether that is you personally, whether that is a family, a marriage, whether that is a city, or even a whole nation, the same principles apply. So here the Word of God talks about how God first spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Number one, the prophets and the leaders that emerged to represent him and speak for him in every generation. This is the first key this morning. Our faith in Christ is built on the words of those prophets through history that pointed to him. These men and these women are mentioned in Heaven's Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 12. It is also important to mention that there are New Testament prophets in every era. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, it talks about how the church is built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. The prophets were the the spokesmen that God raised up through through the history of the nation of Israel. These are the Old Testament prophets. It also amazes me uh, that God has also put anointed leaders in this time that accurately represent him in every domain of society. Do you know what? The church is the training ground for men and women to be raised up and to go out into the world and be agents of change. And one of the keys this morning is that we can be an agent of change in the world and in every domain and every strata of society and every generation if first we have been transformed ourselves. And I believe in the transforming power of God. In the Old Testament, God sent the prophets and they pointed towards Jesus and they even pointed to this day. But do you know today we still have prophetic people that rise that are anointed spokesmen, spokeswomen of God who have a gift to listen, to hear, to correctly interpret and to speak forth what God is saying in every generation. Why? Why? Because God is a master plan. The appearance of these leaders is without a doubt part of God's master plan for the transformation of nations. In Genesis, God rose up Joseph from the prison to the palace to save the nation from impending disaster. The way that it happened totally demonstrated that it was God, And we are going to see things turn around like that in our generation because God is going to raise up anointed leaders, anointed preachers, anointed pastors, anointed businessmen and women, you know, uh, inspired teachers and educational leaders, media people, because God is going to begin to turn the nations around you know, I really have great hope for what God is going to do in this nation. I have long lived by this philosophy and taught this for as long as I can remember in our church, that one day we are going to enter the days of crisis, difficulty, lack, moral darkness. I've spoken about this for, I believe, probably around about the last 25 years. And when that day comes, This is the day for a new generation of Josephs, Elijahs, and Daniels to arise and to take their place in society. I'm waiting for them. I spoke a prophetic word uh, back in August this year about this time coming, where we would see these men, these Elijahs, these Daniels, these Josephs, begin to rise. And this is the time that we're in now. But the point is this morning, that one of the most important ways that God has transformed nations in the past was he brought prophets. And, and, and that's how he spoke to us in those days. Now, every prophetic word today, because we still have prophets in the church, and I tell you what, we've got plenty of false prophets. You know, all you've got to do is turn on the, on the uh, TV and you'll hear false prophecy. You'll hear of things that are going to go wrong. And, you know, all because it comes through our television set does not mean that we have to take on every word, that we have to believe every word, because this is a time where there's plenty of padding between the truth. Amen. And this is where you need and I need the spirit of truth at work in our life. But the point is is that God's raising up prophets in every generation, and the church is built on the foundations that these apostles and prophets lay into the church. Every prophetic word today must be built on the words of the prophets that have come in the past. This is a real key. In other words, when a person speaks the word forth in a prophetic way it must come back and it must line up exactly with what the word of God says it must line up with what Jesus said and it must line up with what the uh, the epistles from Paul said because you see God has a master plan and he is unfolding it even as we speak even as we speak the nations are raging But here God is saying, why do the nations rage? It's because men plot vain things. And, you know, this is our world today. This is life today. This is, uh, you know, uh, the the polarization that has happened in society today. But God is going to raise up a new generation of prophetic leaders that are able to add to this incredible mosaic of the Word of God, where the prophets of old laid the foundation and pointed to the future. And then there were the early prophets in the church, the apostles in the, prophet, in the church, who laid the foundation, which is none other than the chief apostle, the, the chief cornerstone, and the foundation of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Who is it that we follow? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is it that we bow down and adore? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is it that we cling on to every word that is proceeding from his mouth? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And every true prophetic voice will point directly to that one. So the first aspect of God's master plan for the transformation is, the, is the, these prophets these prophets of the Old Testaments. You know, many called Jesus a prophet, but he was also far more than that. He was a priest. He was a prophet and he was king. He was the Lord himself. And that is our Jesus. What an amazing man he he is. What an amazing leader. History's greatest leader. Which brings me to the second point this morning, the second part of God's master plan for the nations or the second aspect, which we will begin to unfold as the weeks go by, is the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth. 2,000 years ago, the, the appearance in fulfillment of the prophetic words, particularly, you know, as you read through Isaiah and Isaiah 53, it just points forward in history, you know, six 700 years in the future, and it talks specifically about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the second aspect that I wanted to talk about this morning is this. It is the appearance of Jesus Christ. You know, he became flesh. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say that the Word became flesh, and dwelled amongst us. In other words, God became a reality on the earth and he was manifested in human form on the earth. This is the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, some people say, well, I don't know whether I believe. Well, I tell you why I believe. This year is the year 2020 and it is 2020 years roundabout give or take since there was a supernatural intervention in the nations which began to initiate the redemption and the uh, the restoration and in this season ahead the rebuilding of the nations You know, if you want to read a great scripture on that, it is Hebrews, uh, sorry, Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12. But let's talk about Jesus for a moment. He forever is and forever will be the Lord of all. We really need to know who he is. You know, we can know about him. We can read the books about him. We can have an opinion about him. We can have a philosophy that involves him, you know, but we need to have a complete revelation of him. And right now I'm praying that in our church that every believer, every member, in fact every hearer of this message has a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. I wanted to say this this morning, Jesus is the Lord of the earth. He is the Lord of the nations. He rules over this city. He is unseen to many and understood. But when we open our heart to him, firstly to the possibility that he is, and we can begin to approach him by faith, we'll begin to realize how real this person was. Now that is the historical Jesus. But this morning, Jesus can be ever-present with us When we open his heart, open our heart to him, and we begin to invite him into our space. He is the Lord of the nations. He is unrefutably the answer to the problems that we are having. If you have an unresolved problem this morning and you think there is no answer to this, then honestly, I do not want to make light of that situation. But I do want to say that for every problem, There is an answer, and the answer is in the person of Jesus. And when we look back into the accounts of the Scripture, there were many who had come to the end of themselves, many who were lost, many who were oppressed by demonic powers, many who were diseased that came to Jesus, and with a word he set them free. And this is the God that we serve and the God that we represent. And I want you to know that what the Bible says is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, what he did yesterday, he can do today, and he will do in the future. This is a remarkable thing. The thing is, this morning, I may not know the answer to your problems. And sometimes I have things myself, and I think, God, how are you going to get me through this? But I've always found that in my time of need, that God has given me an answer, that God has led me through difficult times, that God has provided for me in supernatural ways, and it is the testimony of my life. I think this Jesus is so exciting. To me this is not something that happened 2000 years ago. This is something that is happening in the city builders church today. It is something that is happening in my life today. It is something that is happening in the lives of many of our members today. It is something that is happening in Papua and New Guinea today and in the Solomons. It's happening in Malaysia and China today even though there is much persecution. In some parts of the world, there are so many people turning to Christ and the appearance of Jesus Christ. Even in the Muslim world, Jesus is turning up, you know, in dreams and in visions and people are coming to Christ. In fact, one of the most uh, rapid growing churches in the world is in the nation of Iran right now and largely led by women. You know when when this is where we need to realize that God in the midst of chaos when the nations are raging is at work. How good is our God? How good is our God? Well, is this you know back to the scripture. It says is this the man who made the nations rage? Who shook the nations? Who made the world as a wilderness? And destroyed its cities. Do you know what? We're seeing some cities destroyed around the world. I want you to know who destroys, uh, who destroys um, cities. It is not some uh, you know followers of some movements. It is the devil. It is spirit powers that are catching hold of people who are following the wrong movements. Um, so this is what goes on. Who did not open the house of the prisoners? Who made the nation's rage? Well, it's not Donald Trump and it's not Obama and it is not Daniel Andrews, although we are allowed to get very frustrated with these leaders from time to time. And we should be able to voice our discontent. But at the same time, we should be respectful in the way that we do it. It is not these men and these women The scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places and the rulers of darkness in this world. Uh, Who is it then? Who is this man that made the nation's rage? Who caused the trouble? Well, this morning I want to give you the answer, and it is in Isaiah chapter 14, And the scripture talks about Lucifer. And here are some of his names. Lucifer, the serpent in the book of Genesis. He is the dragon of old in the book of Revelations. He is known as the devil. He is known as the spirit of the age. I've heard Richard Dawkins, world-renowned atheist, talk about the zeitgeist, which is basically referring, it's a secular term that refers to the spirit of the age. And you know, the spirit of the age, according to the Bible, is working in certain people's lives. You know, they don't even know it. It is because they've become unaware of what is going on in the realm of the spirit. And they don't really uh, know that they're they're like a puppet on a string. But what I'm saying this morning, you know, we can't blame everything on the devil. But I want to say you this morning, there's a very real, demonic world that that interacts with human lives and causes behaviour that we're seeing around the planet right now. Coming back to Jesus. One, the appearance of Jesus on the earth. His appearance was the appearance of God on the earth. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it talks about Jesus. You know, Jesus was a man who walked the earth and he walked and he talked And he looked like, uh, you know, any other man. But there was something different about him. There was something different. And if you can understand this and believe this, this will shape your future and it will cause you to become what you were called to be, which is an agent of change. You know, I don't expect that the City Builders Church alone is going to change the world. But we are part of what God is doing right through the body of Christ on the earth who believe this fact, that Jesus, although he walked as a man, according to the scripture in Colossians chapter 2, 9, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's an amazing verse, because what it is saying is that in Jesus the Father was there, dwelt in him bodily. Jesus was the Son of God, who spoke, who, who was the co-creator of the heavens and the earth on the day of creation. This is none other than Jesus, the Son of God. And in Him, the Holy Spirit lived. So, so you know, He was able to say to His disciples, Hey, if you've seen Me, you've already seen the Father. If you reject Me, you've rejected the Father. You know, this is the reality of who Jesus was. No ordinary man. In him dwelt the fullness of God head bodily. This is one of the absolute foundational truths of true biblical Christianity. And there's plenty of things that we could call Christianity on the earth today. For instance, in America, right now, if we look at the vote, it's around about 50-50 Uh, Give or take a few, uh, maybe false votes here and there. Um, (laughs) But this is the reality. Most of the people in America believe in God and maybe even call themselves Christians. Yet when it came down to it, they have voted for people who, who are obviously anti the baby in the womb. You know, this to me is a controversy that you've got to settle in your own heart. I'm not against anyone this morning, but I wanted to say this, there is the real thing. You know, there is the real thing and there is the close counterfeit. And you know, the, the real truth of Christianity is built on the reality that the God of heaven and the Holy Spirit came onto the earth with Jesus, and dwelt in that human flesh in bodily form. This is amazing. Moving on a little bit so we get a picture this morning of who Jesus is. And this is really important because I'm praying that right now during this season, we capture something new about how great our God is, how real Jesus is, and what a reality He can be in our world today. So in... uh, you know, uh, Colossians chapter two fifteen it talks about what, uh, sorry, in, in 1 John chapter 3, 8, it says, for this purpose, it says about why Jesus came into the earth. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. Isn't that powerful? And it goes on to say, that he, in Colossians 2.15, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them in it. Now, let's just bring it back so we're on track here. Who made the nation's rage? The devil, Lucifer. The serpent, the dragon of old, the principalities and powers, the spirit of the age. However you want to call it, these are all terms in the Bible that he used to describe the forces of evil that are at work, who made the nations rage. Now, when Jesus came into the earth, it was God in the flesh. Jesus, it was God in human reality. He was there, you could touch him you could speak with him. In fact, there is the most amazing story of a woman who had a, a spirit of infirmity. She had a problem. She had a, 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 a woman's problem uh, that she'd had for 12 years. She'd visited the best physicians in the land, but there was no answer. And she heard that Jesus was coming to town. So the scripture gives the account of how she pressed through the crowd and she knew that if she could touch the hem of his garment that she would be healed. And the scripture gives the account as how that woman pressed through the crowds and reached out to Jesus where she was healed. And, she, and Jesus turned around and said and commended the woman on her faith and she went away from that healed do you know what? Maybe there is something you're facing today. Well, if you can press through the noise, you can press through the fear and and even through the diagnosis that you have, and you can begin to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus, your situation can change. So number one, the enemy, you know, who is it that makes the nation's rage? It is the adversary of our faith, our adversary, the, bio, the devil, the Bible calls him another terminology. But Jesus was God in the flesh. And for this purpose, 1 John 3 8, for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest, that he might destroy the work of the evil one. In other words, he came into the earth to totally shut down the gates of hell. He came into the earth to heal the sick, to set free the oppressed. And, you know, you can go back to Luke chapter four eighteen, and it talks about how God anointed him. You know, and, and in the scripture in uh, Acts chapter 10, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And he went about doing good. Do you know what? You've got to do some good things. He went about doing good. I guess that means being nice to people and giving them hope. So, so Jesus, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He set them all free. That is the potential that God has put on the inside of each of us, by the way. And in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle over him. Our adversary, the devil, triumphing in him in it. Now listen to this. Jesus lived a sinless life. There was no sin in him. He did not sin. You don't listen to the nonsense that some people and even some fruity religious people will tell you. He was sinless. He lived a sinless life. He was God in the flesh and he was completely triumphant. In other words, wherever Jesus encountered something that was not of the kingdom of God, he was able to intervene and bring healing and deliverance. How's that? That's the God we serve. That is the Jesus we follow. So the devil, the spirit power that made the nations raged, is being reduced day by day. Because if you know the scripture, Lucifer was in heaven. But because of his pride and arrogance before God, was cast to the earth, and he is being reduced to the status of a man. Who is the man that made the nations rage? So uh, this is this is quite incredible. Uh, now his spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, now lives in us, and and we can say what the word says: Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you know what? There are some negative forces in the world. So There are some bad things happening in the world. You know, you may have adversaries in the world. You may be trying to do the right thing, but you get opposition. Now, all these problems are not the devil. It's just life. But I want you to know this morning that greater is he. Greater is he that is in you, that's living on the inside, than he that is in the world. So first point this morning, the first uh, fact is is that God revealed himself through the prophets in the Old Testament and still does today, Uh, but it all must come from the foundation of the word. Number two, the second aspect of the transformation of nations is the appearance of Jesus. Wherever Jesus turns up, things get transformed. You know, wherever people are hungry, Jesus fed the multitude. Wherever people were sick, Jesus healed them. Wherever people were lost, he pointed them back, to the, uh, back to, the, you know, to the direction that they should be going. And this is how God intervenes in our life. And today, even in 2020, God is turning up in people's lives. You know, many, many people have turned to Christ this year. Many, many people are beginning to connect with us this year. Things are beginning to happen, even in 2020. Amen? You know, we can, some people call our nation secular. You know, I just don't really believe uh, or, or buy into that. You know, I understand what it means. And the reality is, we live in a culture that is very much secularized. But I believe this God owns the heavens and the earth. You know, the Lord owns the heavens and the earth. He rules over the nation. And why there may be those that make the nations rage, God is in control this morning. The third thing that we need to understand this morning is that one of the greatest miracles is the the miracle of the new creation. Because when God left the earth, when Jesus ascended into the heavens and poured out His Spirit, The greatest miracle happened in the upper room. This was the first generation to be born of the Spirit, to be born again. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 came to Jesus and he said, what have I got to do? And Jesus explained to him that to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. This is talking about the spirit life on the inside. And we can actually become what the Bible calls a new generation. Cre- creation, a new, literally a new crea- creature in Christ. You know, it's when we really decide that God lived in Jesus, that He was really God, and He was really Lord, and He and He's really raised from the dead, then we have, uh, you know, access to this amazing problem, so we can become a child of God. And uh, the Apostle Paul said this in Corinthians chapter 2 verse... Uh, Uh, 5 verse 17, he says, if any man is in Christ, in other words, if any man is identifying with Christ, has received Christ into his life, it is like now Christ is in me and I am in him. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation and all things have passed away. Listen, if any man is in Christ, he is a new cre- creature. He's a new creation. All things have passed away. What does this mean? It literally means a new type of man. It literally means a new type of man. I believe it was one of the great uh, teachers, uh, E.W. Kenyon or Kenneth Hagen or one of those who explained it like this, literally a new species. You know, there is the old species, the old man, you know, there is the old nature. But when Christ comes into our life, God comes to live on the inside. And now I am literally a new creation. You know, I am not getting any younger, but on the inside, my spirit is being renewed day by day by day. I'm moving forward in the plans of God. You know, I am a new creation. I'm God's handiwork. I've been recreated for good works, according to Ephesians chapter two. So it literally means that we are a new species. Amen. Sometimes you see some people and you think, what kind of species are they? But God says you're a new creation. In other words, you've become part of a new order. You know, everybody's talking about the new world order. I guess you can become part of that if you want. But I tell you, I am part of the new spiritual order. I, I mean, I'm connected to heaven. This is amazing. And this is what it really means to be a new creation. This is how God can become so real to me and so real to you. You know, when I look at your face, I see a real person. But I tell you, God is just as real when we really understand who He is. And when that happens on the inside of us, there is a miracle that begins to take place. I want to assure you today that I am not the miracle and you are not the miracle. The miracle is Christ on the inside of me that is giving me new life that is renewing my spirit day by day, is taking me according to the scripture from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord. I might be getting older, but I'm getting smarter. I'm getting wiser. I'm growing in my revelation. I'm growing in my understanding of who Christ really is. I'm growing in my understanding of what the church really is on the earth and is meant to accomplish in these latter days. I tell you, this is what it means to be a new creation. You are not a nobody. You should not be confused about who you are. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are his precious, uh, purchased possession, and you belong to him. You belong to no man. You belong to no church. You belong to no leader. You belong to Jesus. Amen. Because he redeemed you. With his precious blood. Who is this man that made the nation's rage? It's Lucifer. It's the serpent. It's the dragon of old. And I want to tell you this. He's going down. He's going down. In fact, it says in Isaiah 14, I think it's verse 16. It says, is this the man that made the nation's rage? In other words, as the further we go along as the church and as his sons and daughters, we are beginning to realize that this is almost an unfair contest because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you read the scripture, he is going down. We are being elevated by the Spirit of God. The church is growing greater, bigger, stronger, and it is overtaking everything That the enemy, our adversary, has done. In these days ahead, we are going to see some great things happen. Sometimes, you know, I listen to even some of the things that the Christian commentators are saying, and oh, it's bad, it's getting worse, and it's this and that. And yes, there is a reality about that, but you need to understand that you are a different species. You are a different order. You are called to live above and beyond, the, not beneath. You are called to be the head and not the tail. Amen. You are called to, called to be the lender, not the borrower. God has called us to greater things. And I believe that we are entering the greater days of, of history for the church on the earth. So the third aspect this morning is the miracle of the new creation. And I really want you to totally understand this we are now born again we are now redeemed and we are in the process of being made by god what god began in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 is now day by day being continued in my in our lives jesus said let us make man but do you know what happened he said let us make man in our own image but then sin came in. It was the influence of the evil one that has reduced us. He has brought death into the human race, has brought a curse into the human race. But now, now Jesus has come. And it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. Jesus said to his disciples, come follow me and I will make you fishes of men. In other words, God's going to redeem us, He is going to restore us, and He's going to reveal to us His redemptive purpose. This is wonderful. This is the incredible ongoing work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. I hope you uh, had a chance to listen to last week's message called The Ongoing Work of the Holy Spirit, which is based around Philippians 1-6, which says, he who began a good work will complete it in us to the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when we begin to really realize that, you know, that we are a new creation and it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me, the future can be amazing. And this is where God wants to take us. The fourth aspect about the transformation as I wanted, I wanted to talk about this morning as the transformation of nations. Is the church in every nation? This morning you're thinking, what do you, know, you mean by the church? And maybe what you have seen of church just doesn't measure up. Well, I want to say this, that God is a master plan for the transformation of the nations. And the transformation of the nations will come in and through the church. Not just any church. I've been talking earlier this year about the church of the living God. How in this time God is bringing forth a church that is supernatural, that represents him, that has his heart. So not just any church, but the church of the living God the church that is becoming Zion. Let me explain. Here it says in verse 4, it says, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Derision is an interesting word. It's like where two fighters begin to shape up to one another to have a go. and, And it's like the bigger one looks at the little one with derision as though I'm going to take you out of the way. Now, I tell you what, this is what our God does. This is when we have God on the inside of us. It, it brings us to a place where we become winners in Christ. Not in our own strength, but in Him. And then in the next uh, verse, it says, then He'll speak to them in His wrath. You know, if you're out of line and God speaks to you, that's a good thing because it corrects you. But if you are uncorrectable, he speaks out of his wrath and distress in his deep displeasure. But in the next verse, it says, yet I have set my king upon his holy hill, Zion. Now, this relates back to the city of God, back to, the, uh, back to what God did in the nation of Israel. And, and that is the natural aspect of it. But in these days... God is doing something in the church, that he is actually taking it from being the church ordinary to being the church extraordinary. This is Zion. So when you see Zion in the Old Testament speaking prophetically, it's talking about the church in the last days, which is spoken about in Hebrews chapter 12, around uh, about verse 22. Right now, while the nations are raging, something is happening on the inside of the church something great something beautiful there is a gathering there is a bringing together there's a coming together there is a collective energy in the church and in many churches in the region it's remarkable today i had a uh, a lunch in with uh, seven pastors leaders of diff- seven different churches just in our own region. And I'll tell you what, we prayed together, uh, we we shared a meal together, and there was love in that room. God is doing something. Up until now, we've been too busy building my church, too busy running my program. But while the enemy, our adversary, has been throwing his stuff, and while he is making the nation's rage, The God of heaven has been working on the inside of the hearts of men and people are coming together. I tell you what, this shutdown has been a bad move by the devil. It has been a bad move because he is being reduced from Lucifer in the heavens to the serpent in the garden to the man that made the nations rage in Isaiah chapter 14. He is going down, but we are being elevated. We are being renewed. We are being made better day by day. We are being transformed by the Spirit of the Lord. God is doing something in me, and God is doing something in you, and this morning I'm doing my best to put it out there in a way that you can understand what He is actually doing. I'll tell you why. The nations are not finished with. You know, wherever people will really turn to God, the nations can turn around, and we are living in the day where things like that can happen. I think it's Isaiah 59. Can a nation be saved in a day? Well, absolutely. You know, Jonah was sent to a a city of Nineveh, and I believe the population of that city was about 600 people. And the Lord spoke to Jonah and said, go to Nineveh. And he said, no way. And it's quite a story about how God rearranged Jonah's um, personal priorities. Arranged three days in a whale. But do you know what? Eventually Jonah went to the city of Nineveh and that whole city turned around. In these days ahead, I believe we're going to see whole cities turn around. Whole cities, whole communities. Amen. Whole hamlets, whole villages, whole villages in the hills. You know, uh, God's going to bring the thing to life again. God's going to open up the regions again. God's going to open up the pathways again. The gateways are going to become open in these days ahead. Who is the man that made the the nations rage? Well, I tell you what. There's someone far better than him that lives on the inside of me and collectively in our fellowship, the Lord God there himself dwells. So we're seeing something happen on the inside of the church. We're seeing the gather, gathering of the ecclesia or as my friend Ross Bellos says, the ecclesia, being a, a, a true Greek scholar. The gathering of the ecclesia. You know, Jesus spoke to uh, to the, the disciples, and he spoke to Peter in Matthew 16, and he said, I am going to build my ecclesia, my government, my governmental authority, my church, and the gates of hell are not going to turn around it. And which ecclesia is he talking about? I'll tell you which one. He's talking about this one that's gathering in the nations together to being an agent of transformation. You know, God has not called us to, to, uh, to um, conform. He's called us to be transformed. You know, if we conform, we'll have no dynamic to change the nations. No dynamic to bring the nations into its destiny. If we are politically correct, we will not have the grace to negotiate the destiny of nations. God wants us to be spiritually correct. biblically biblically correct. Something is happening on the inside of the church. This is the rising of the church unusual. This is no ordinary church. It's ordinary. An ordinary church is a place where you go. You don't even meet anyone. You're welcomed by the greeters. You sit in the back seat and you leave as quickly as you can and you struggle through the week to make it back. Church ordinary and we conform with every new new uh, trend that emerges on the earth. The church ordinary. But this is the rising of the church unusual. This is a praying church. This is the church that understands what it means to be seated with him in the heavenly places. This is the city set on a hill that cannot be, uh, cannot be hidden. It's a city set on a hill. Everybody knows we're here. We're building a city here. We're changing nations here. Don't believe the propaganda that you hear. Something great is going on on the inside of the church. This is the church that has the dynamic to bring transformation in the nations. This church is accompanied and testified by an innumerable company of angels. You know, if you could look around your house now, if you could look around our corporate gatherings, the angelic realm is alive. Something is charged. Why? Because God is about ready to do what has never been done before in history. And even in this next week and these two weeks and these months ahead, you are going to see more unprecedented happenings, things that have never happened before and they will testify to the greatness of our God and right at the center of it will be a praying, interceding, people-loving, Jesus-following, fired-up, empowered body of believers. And everybody said, that's what we're called to be. This is a church that has a dynamic to change the nations. This is the church that has the grace to govern and the power to prevail. Just like Jesus said to Peter, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, people can do whatever they want to do on the outside, but the church that Jesus builds, we're living under his government. We're living under his authority. We're living under his word. And that's the church unusual. That's the church of the future. This is the church that God is going to use. This is Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the assembly of the church of the firstborn, the gathering of just men made perfect. In other words, God's going to bring into his household good men, good women. These are just men, just women. But as they walk with him and as they fellowship with him, they are going to become, according to the scripture, going to be made perfect by our Lord Jesus Christ himself. You can read about it in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. It is not a denomination. It is not our church. You know, when we refer to this church, we say our church. Do you know what? I love our church. But there is something even that Supersedes this and transcends this. This is the church of the living God. This is the Zion of God. This is the, the assembly of the firstborn, the gathering of just men made perfect. This, my friends, is the true hope of the nations. This is the true hope of the nations. Not a denomination, not a, not a regular church. It has no name over it, but it is the gathering of those men, those women who believe and who will hold to certain truths that are set out in the Scriptures. They are not manipulated by the culture and the philosophies and the governments and the politics of the day, but they live under heaven and they are the agents of change. These are the ones that God is raising up In this church, in the church down the road, and the church a bit further down the road, and the church down in that city, and further this way, things are going to open up. And in Melbourne, you know, there are these gatherings that are looking for something more. Amen? There is the city that we see, and there is the one that is coming down from heaven. It's really quite amazing when you can begin to see it in your spirit. This church has the power of one. This church has the power of one. This is us. All I can say is this morning, I want to say it's really great to have you with us, but all I can say is open the eyes of your understanding. I pray that. I pray that God would really open the eyes of your understanding because you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen? You ain't seen nothing yet. And I've got a scripture to prove it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him, but God has revealed them to his spirit. I tell you what, God has a master plan for the nations. And the first one, the first way we saw it unfold is the prophets of old that spoke and the, and the fathers heard through them, and this laid the foundation for the transformation of nations in the future. The second aspect, God's master plan for the transformation of nation is the person of Jesus Christ. And even though it be 2020, he can appear in your life. He can come to you. You can meet with him personally, whether that is a, you know, and I believe this morning that for many who are listening, maybe even for the first time, if you'll open your heart and you'll pray with me and I can pray with you, you'll begin to meet him for the very first time. The third miracle is the miracle of the new creation. And this is what happens when you invite Christ into your life, where his spirit comes from heaven and it and it connects with your spirit on the inside and the two become one. And it's no longer just you, but now God lives on the inside. Do you know what this is the mystery? Of Christianity, and this is the kind of Christianity that is going to become manifest in these days. Religious Christianity has no power to change the world, but a person who has realized that he is a new creation, a woman that has realized, or a child that realized that God lives in them, can bring great change into their environment. I mean, have you seen some of the children that have been preaching in our in our? Uh, Prayer meetings in the morning. These kids are getting revelation about what I'm talking about this morning. Wow. I tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. God is about ready to unveil his master plan for the nations. Amen? And you are part of it. And I'm part of it. And this church is part of it. And everybody who names the name of the Lord and will bow their heart in genuine submission to him will become part of God's master plan for the transformation of nations. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I just really thank you for this, uh, this incredible moment, this day. I thank you, Lord God, that you are just doing some of the most amazing things around the planet. And Lord God, while the nations are raging, we know that this is not your heart and that God, you will raise up the right men You will raise up the right women. God, you will bring about your purposes, your plans, your government, your authority, your leaders, your churches. You're going to do it. I wanted to say to you this morning that part of the key is you. God wants to really uh, create such a wonderful miracle in your life where you become a new creation in him. God wants to make you new this morning. Hey, listen, are you tired of religion? Have you tired of the unreality? Are you tired of going through the motions? Then God wants to come to you. He wants to appear to you. He wants to touch you again. You know, have you been watching on maybe for months and hearing some of these messages and maybe this morning you might not understand everything but some pennies are beginning to drop then I believe that this message is for you. God wants to do something. God has a greater plan for your life. You know, right now you might be that woman, like that woman who had 12 years of unsolvable issues, but she knew that if she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus, that she would be healed. This is the God that we serve. This is the real King. This is our Lord. He is the banner over our church, the banner over this church, the City Builders Church, You know, we call it City Builders Church because it does describe, you know, the call on our life to a reasonable degree. But I tell you what, this is the church of the living God. This is the church that is becoming Zion. This is the church that God is making, the church unusual. This is the church that has the grace to govern and the power to prevail. This is the city that is set on a hill and God wants to bring you home this morning. I just want to invite you right now to invite uh, you to pray this prayer. And I believe as you pray this prayer sincerely that God is going to come in and he's going to touch you in such a special way. He's done this for me. And, And I've seen wherever people who've genuinely prayed this prayer and taken the steps following it, they've really turned around. And some of those people have become just such incredible men and women in the house of God. Would you please pray after me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in Jesus Christ and that He is your Son. I believe that He died for my sin and that you have raised Him from the dead to life. I will trust Him as my Saviour And follow him as Lord all the days of my life. Guide my life and help me to do your will. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit and fill me this day. Let my body become a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come Lord Jesus and dwell in me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I really want to thank you for being with us this morning. It's great to have you with us. And, uh, you know, wherever you live, I just want to encourage you, if you're not uh, connected to a church, to find a church just like this. There are many spread throughout the land, thank God. But if you uh, are not able to do that, you're more than welcome uh, to find us on our website. And uh, there are discipleship programs, online groups that you can become part of. And God can cause you to flourish just where you're planted. Today, it's just our prayer that, uh, you know, that this word would really be an encouragement to you. It is not all the way that it seems on planet Earth. It never is. God has a plan for you. God bless you very much, you and your family. Amen.